0: hey everyone welcome to another episode of the zion experience or the tze with your host jimmy i'm jimmy and in jordan and we got a couple guests on we got we got chuck franks making another appearance with us and we we got a good friend and a, a good person in the industry that we're excited to talk to I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce him as Mr. Steve Fisher today. So <laughs> got a fresh haircut today. I think I've got the inside scoop. He's he's looking sharp. He's ready for this. Uh, we promised him it's going to be easy and just a casual conversation. But we're we're glad to have him here. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick intro. We're glad to have everybody back. If uh, you're not a subscriber, you can you can find us. We're on Spotify. We're on. Uh, Apple. We're on uh, YouTube, is where the video. You can see us live and in video, and the rest of them are more audio. And we found out too, we're on a uh, we're on through Amazon as well. So we're uh, several episodes into this, and we're we're happy. And if you aren't a subscriber, we're glad to have you. If you're a first time guest, we're glad to have you. For a returning guest. we're super pumped to have you here again. So subscribe to us, and we release one of these every couple of weeks, and. We just get people we respect. We get people that are friends. We get relationships, and we just we talk technology. Sometimes we talk a little nonsense. Sometimes we get serious, and uh, it's just a good time. So welcome back to the show, and and without I guess further ado, Mr. Steve Fisher. So I'm gonna introduce your bio here. I got it. I got it, Steve. And uh, I've known Steve for several years. Jordan and Chuck have known Steve for several years. You become friends with people in this industry, and Steve's a person. I consider a friend. So who is Steve Fisher? Steve Fisher is an industrial engineering professional, so we share that. I got a piece of paper that says I'm one of those two. He served in various roles um, at Radial Incorporated, which is a third-party logistics organization. He's been there a little over eight years, I believe, and uh, his most recent position was he was the Senior Director of Implementation Engineering um and steve's just really seen and and we've been happen to be part of it with a little bit of a pause in between of just a a great expansion of of radio's fulfillment network um they went through a couple acquisitions to become radio and uh they've expanded i think the space by over four million square feet if this is right steve and in yep. steve's eight years and uh you can't quantify your relate what, what all your responsibilities are, but you put a few down here that you're, you, you know, your responsibilities included all vendor relationships. You were responsible for capital purchasing of any facility equipment. You got involved with facility design and implementation and delivery and of, of automation equipment and just material handling equipment in general. And, um, sorry, we had a little guest entrance there for a minute, but we might edit or we might not edit that out. Um, and just you were really involved with the implementations engineering team. You built a really good team around you. And Steve likes to uh, to say he takes really uh, a lot of pride in relationships with people and his partners and and just companies like ours, Zion Solutions Group, and uh, you've achieved a high level of success. So hopefully that did some justice, Steve, to, uh, to who you are, where you've been the last few years. And it's impressive. You're going to tell us some more of some of the the 4 million square feet that you've expanded, but uh, it, we've been along for most of the ride and uh, been, been impressive to be a part of it, been a pleasure to be part of it. So we've got Chuck on here for just a short minute. Chuck doesn't like to hang out with us for 45 minutes or an hour. Cause we, we talk too much, but he's gonna, he wanted to jump on and say something, say a couple words to Steve and then we'll, we'll dive in. And let Steve tell us some more. Well, thanks Jimmy.
1: Great intro. So yeah, Steve, I just wanted to, you know, we've had a long-term relationship. We've we've gone through a lot together and uh, we're super excited to have you on. Thanks for being a part of this. And um, I know we've had lots of conversations and just appreciate you as a person and, and your friendship. And I've always enjoyed, and we've always enjoyed just your hands on, you know, on the go lives, you're there, you understand it, you get, you get You get the hardware side of it you get the software side of it you you understand the wms that you use or multiple wms's and it's just refreshing to have you on site um and the other thing that's just been just awesome is that you you get what it takes um to go through a startup you understand that there's going to be hiccups and glitches and you've always surrounded yourself with really good people and i think the line of communication is just it's always open and and we're always sharing and going back and forth and we have a thing here at Zion that, that we, you know, we promise not to surprise anybody, and we try and do that with you. And uh, you know, while we've had uh, we've had our fun startup issues, uh, it's always worked out. So I just wanted to just jump on and just say, really appreciate everything that you've done for all of us throughout our careers, and uh, you know, the ongoing commitment to just continue to work with you and. Uh, to see just more success for you and to do all we can to help you. So just a big thank you for being a part of our lives. And we look forward to, uh, you know, many more years to come.
2: Thanks a lot, Chuck. And thanks, Jimmy, for the intro. Uh, And that feeling is definitely mutual. Um, You guys have been great to work with. And, um, you know, we've accomplished uh, a lot of really cool and worked on a lot of fun projects together. So. certainly makes it all the more bit enjoyable when you work with people just as motivated and as talented and as knowledgeable. Um, so definitely have learned quite a bit from you guys and uh, hopefully, you know, have, you've learned a bit from working with us uh, as well. So definitely appreciate it.
1: Yeah. well, Awesome, man. Well, good seeing you. Thanks for being on. We'll catch up soon. I'm going to jump off.
3: All right. Thanks. Bye.
1: See
3: you, Steve. You. See, you yeah. see you, guys. See yep. Steve, I'll take a more casual approach. We can talk go. now, right? <laughs> we'll get out of the we'll get out of the professionalism here for a minute. But so, first off, how are we doing this week? We had a little time off last week. We recover. We feeling good.
2: Yep, very good. Doing some projects yeah. around the house. Got some beach time in. So enjoying the summer for sure.
3: Well, let's circle back to that because, you know, one thing that's that's cool about our industry is you get to know people more than just on a professional level. You get to get to know some personal things. So I saw some pictures that Steve sent me of some concrete cuts going on, some PVC pipe coming out, some other stuff happening. So when Steve says he's doing some projects, he's uh, he's overhauling, the way I understand it, his basement. He's a DIY expert, him and his dad why don't you jimmy will appreciate that steve why don't you walk through what you're doing
2: yeah i would say i definitely got my uh hands-on approach from my dad uh growing up i was always the flashlight holder and uh now i've <laughs> graduated a bit to um you know helper and sometimes project manager so you know i i definitely like to get my hands dirty with him a bit but uh depending on how busy I am sometimes I'm the one uh, signing him up for some home improvement work uh, while I'm you know stick, keeping busy in the 3PL world so yeah we're uh, doing quite a bit of uh, extensive basement renovations, putting in a new bathroom, wet bar um, you know you name it drywall plumbing, electrical we like to do it all there's not much we shy away from so, it's, it's,
0: awesome. kind, it's I've fun, seen, and,
2: you know, so I see on, quite
0: a bit. Yeah, I see on. Uh, I've seen the progression of. Looks like you were replacing the sewer stack, and you were putting in a new, new, uh, new drain. And that's no joke when you get into that that old old uh, iron, cast iron sewer stacks, and, and that four inch cast iron. It's it's there's little ways you can mess with it. Once you start hitting it, everything breaks. Yeah, um, yeah. The pecs and everything so much easier. To deal with in today's world but i saw a little bit of it i saw i saw your i guess it's your dad had his shirt off walking up or coming out oh, yeah the other yeah. Day. yeah what's dad's name i don't i don't know if i've ever brad, him. brad? brad yeah. yeah he uh he doesn't
2: like when i pull out the camera but he he knows you always got to be camera ready when you're around me as you <laughs> you know as does jordan and everyone else i like to capture the fun and exciting moments so yeah we bought we bought a little bit too much uh concrete to mix Mm. uh so we had quite a lot to carry up out of the basement and return back to home depot so
1: that was fun but
2: definitely nice to have some time off with my dad and you know do some of the heavy lifting and give him a little bit of a break yeah
3: and I deal. will say, you know, when it comes to the hands-on experience, we've we've been able to do that together in warehouses too. There was a project a while back where there was one thing I did and one thing Steve did that still to this day we take pride in. The one was we were told that we <laughs> need a data cool. rate drop, to huh?
0: How truthful is this story going to be? This is very truthful. <laughs> this is factual. I'll, this is the real. I'll
3: let
2: you know when he's done telling yeah, <laughs> me. Yeah. You let's, can attest let's, to it. so far, let's that's hear so far it. It's I don't, yeah, don't recall
3: it was? It, we were told by a controls provider that they needed data dropped into a panel. So Steve and the team, they they brought down a four-port Ethernet jack right next to the panel. I mean, three feet away. And I was told that's, that's not good enough. We need to end the panel. So, I'm like, well, when can you get there to do it? Well, they couldn't get there to do it. So, we had a timeline to hit. So, I bought some Cat 6 cable. I bought an RJ45 plug. I bought the tools for it. I went up to the site, got a ladder from their facilities guy, and I ran a data cable from the port up. <laughs> I zip tied it all. Looks really nice. Still there today. Works like a chair. I think it's still there today. Haven't been there in a while. The other one is we were sitting there where Steve was a hands on approach. Steve takes pride in his ability of Cognex scanners and the knowledge that comes along with Cognex. So we were sitting there and Steve asked for the cameras to be networked. said, Steve, you can't. It just doesn't work. I've asked he you can't do it. So what did Steve do? Well, Steve got out his laptop, got out some cords, plugged into the cameras, contacted the guy, figured it out on the network within about a day. Done, moved on. So there is some hands-on approach. The point is, is that I agree with you, Steve. I'm joking, but I'm serious in the fact that Steve's been in a leadership position for a long time. And there's some people in life that look at a problem and they and they delegate it and they say it's somebody else's problem. There's other people in life that learn how to do it. They do it themselves so they can train others on how to do it. And all that that does is makes everybody a more well-rounded individual, which Steve is one of the few relationships I have that truly understands end-to-end spectrum of the distribution center way beyond what I know from an operations and warehouse management systems. And it's just a, it's a story about Steve, but it's truthful and it just speaks to his character, but some fun in it too. I take pride. True story. See true. Yeah, I've heard, I told you. I'm going to grant the truth (laughs)
0: on them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you get in these deliveries and you just have these stories that over the years they grow. And they just continue to grow. We were, we, we both have a common friend in, uh, in Joe Barth. And we, uh, we, uh, we were talking to some people that also knew Joe and they said, Oh, we've heard your stories. And I'm like, There probably weren't, they were talking about me because there's some stories thrown around. I'm like, Yeah, that was, that was a long time ago. But you, you, you stay in the business long enough, these stories tend to follow you along and then they sometimes become folklore yeah. and then it's, You know, my best relationships have been made in some of the toughest challenges, some of the toughest implementations. And you appreciate Jordan. Like you said, you appreciate somebody. I've never been a big titles person. I I, I don't care if I have to sweep the trash up, I'm going to sweep the trash up. If I have to get on my back and fix something on a conveyor, I'm going to get, if I got a tool and I can do it, I'm not scared to roll up my sleeves and do it. And neither are you two. And it's like, you just do what needs to be done, but you forge those, you forge those uh, relationships and you forge some of those best friendships right in the heat of the fire. And that's where I like to be. I get, I don't, I don't mind dressing up every now and then and getting in a boardroom. You got to do that in life too. But if I had my, my preference and I didn't have a family, I'd be out building these systems. I'd be on site. I'd be making them go live. That's cause that's, that's what I enjoy doing.
2: Yeah, certainly. That's you all three times now,
0: Steve. So get your you gotta jump in, man. You gotta get aggressive, get up in the camera, <laughs> raise your volume. Yeah, no, you I was to just go. gonna
2: say the the more times you tell a story, usually the more it uh you know gets a little spin on it and gets more <laughs> interesting. And you know, the more years go on. So luckily that one was a little fresh, so not too much uh,
3: embellishment there. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Stick to facts. Well, anyways, I know Jimmy. We got some questions here for Steve. Yep. Kind of talk about you a little bit. I don't know if you want to lead us off. And yeah, I can. I yeah. haven't
0: seen you in a while, Steve. So it's good to see you, and
3: good yeah, to talk you to you in
0: person. We we had to take a little bit of a hiatus, and uh, but it's good to see you. And I know there's some stuff going on with your career and your life, and just tell us. I we 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 so we really don't script this out. Steve and I were exchanging text messages last night, and it's like I look at these about five minutes before that. We get on and talk. I think that's the best. You get your best answers there instead of just trying to be too scripted. So we just want to know about you. So I introduced you, obviously, in a more formal way. But tell us, how'd you end up at, you know, there's really three questions in one. But tell us about Steve. Did I do? You, did we do you justice? What, why and how did you end up kind of where you're at and maybe in a 3PL and just tell us whatever version of your career story you want to tell us? And uh, sure. we'd love to hear about it in our audience as well. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: um, I went to Penn State, graduated with a industrial engineering degree. Um, first started out working, it was at Radial, but at that time it was uh, known as eBay Enterprise um, in the technology side. So I always um, definitely... Other than being hands-on, kind of growing up, definitely very interested in tech, and that's where I worked for about a year. Uh, didn't really think for a portion of my career that I was going to spend you know, much time being an industrial engineer, so I kind of fell into it, um, but uh, after I worked in the technology side uh, for about a year, kind of got bored of it, and at that time, radio or had a few uh, positions open for industrial engineers uh, at their fulfillment centers,
1: but they were all
2: uh, required me to relocate. So at the time I wasn't really interested in relocating, but um, I went down to interview with a mentor of mine, Kevin Carr, um, and he convinced me to move to Kentucky, uh, the great state of Kentucky. Uh, so I lived in northern Kentucky for a couple years and um, worked at a very large uh, distribution campus at Radial to 600,000 square foot buildings. And um, before that, you know, hadn't walked into a warehouse uh, in my life, um, was 24 years old. So really spent, all, you know, probably six months to a year just in all of a lot of things. but. Was blessed to work with a really great uh, operations team down there. A lot of people with a uh, really long tenure with the company and uh, just learned pretty much everything from the team there, how to run a DC, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, came up with probably a lot of stupid ideas that wouldn't work and had them explain to me why uh, they weren't really feasible for uh an operation of that size but um i would say that's really you know where i got to experience the excitement of e-commerce um and third-party logistics um you know just shipping hundreds of thousands of packages uh at peak working you know seven days a week when things get a little crazy black friday through christmas um and it's been a blast ever since i Spent a year, took a year off uh, to do some automation sales, but really just missed working in the distribution environment and came back to work at Radial. And it's been, you know, an amazing ride ever since kind of working in the industry. We've seen a ton of growth and um, just very, very uh, enjoyable the past few years.
0: I didn't realize, I guess I didn't realize that you worked. I'm assuming it was Richwood, that campus in, in Northern yeah. Kentucky. And um, I didn't realize you had moved down for a little bit. And yeah, yeah, I had I forgotten, until right. you said it, Kevin, I know Kevin. Kevin was a couple years ahead of me in, in school. And Kevin's actually, I, he was at, he was, man, he was at eBay, GSI. Of course, it's gone through transformations, but radio today for a really long time. He was one of the original uh, engineering guys there, him and uh, Jason Adamchek, um, yep. I believe, were the two that I remember, and that's how I ended up where I ended up because some of my guys at UPS left and went, and uh, one of them was Adam Cropper. I don't, you and Adam probably crossed paths at some point. Yeah, so yeah, I worked for Adam for a bit. Adam was there, and then Adam left uh, to come work for me at UPS, and then he left and went back to to there and uh, worked at, at Tradeport and the new. Um, a new, I guess TP1, the big new, there was a big new e customer that went in there. And, and then I met up with them and I think our buddy Adams over at, where's he at? At hello. He's at hello. Fresh. He's today. At, yeah, right. Jason. yeah. Jason's yeah. there too. Mm-hmm. Kevin, I think is at Ingram micro, but that's part of SEVA logistics now, if I'm right on it. So, Correct. and it's such a small world. So you, you came to Richwood, got a couple of years. Where'd you go? I didn't know you left for a year. Did you actually leave and then come back and,
2: yeah, I I left to move back home to Pennsylvania. So just, you know, wanted to be closer to my family. Um yeah. so I left to did automation sales for a bit. That's where I got to, you know, know Cognex products. Um okay. were very yeah. well, you know, some vision systems, barcode scanners, robotic arms, PLCs. So that that got me, you know, really involved in uh you know, controls and, and programming and stuff. And it was of course very transferable when I came back to radial with all the automation projects, you know, that we get to work on together. So. Sweet. So
3: did Richwood leave such a bad taste in your mouth that you can't come back and visit Northern Kentucky every now and then? (laughs) I, I, you know, I I haven't been here in a while. (laughs) So. I still,
2: uh, I, I got a lot of great friends there. They definitely, a lot of them give me, give me shit for, you know, not coming back to see them sometimes, but, uh,
3: must be not that great.
2: Yeah. No, just been a lot of demanding projects and they've, there've been some stable clients in there for a while. So been definitely out on the road, racking up the the airline miles and hotel points at pretty much everywhere else, but Richwood, unfortunately.
3: Right. Nor just anywhere in Northern Kentucky would work, but it doesn't have to be Richwood. You know, just once in a blue moon would be nice. But I was going to ask you. It's definitely
2: got a soft spot in my heart. I I got nothing
3: against Northern
1: Kentucky.
3: I got you. It's changed a lot. It's worth you coming back and seeing the new scene in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky and in Newport. So, um, Steve, I was going to ask you, you know, we've certainly got to know each other well over the years. And I've worked for two different companies in an integrator type world and it seems like you've always been a fan of an integrator you know where it makes sense you certainly have direct relationships on some product whether it be commodities or or what you know whatever else racking but you've always seemed to to enjoy the integrator relationship so just from your point of view coming from a 3pl what have you learned in terms of working with an integrator versus working with a manufacturer why do you continue to choose to work with integrators what's your thought process on that
2: yeah well definitely have tried out uh you know both different ways of engaging on projects um as you guys know the the 3pl world moves at a pretty pretty fast speed so um we really don't have a whole lot of time for you know missing deadlines and um you know not engaging with uh All the different subcontractors that you may have to on a timely basis so really needs and requires a high level of project management and relationships with all the different companies that are required to make a a whole solution uh function as designed so um you know i i've been fortunate enough to have a, a really great team working around me and there's been times where, you know, smaller projects, we may be able to take on some of that extra legwork to to get what's needed to be done in the timely manner. But more often than not, we got our hands full with plenty of other projects that we can do, you know, plenty of efficiencies and labor saving projects to work on. And, um, you know, in the long run, you just, you may, Spend a, t- a tiny bit more on in, in, involving an integrator, but you really reap those those savings in the time that you save, and um, you know better results that that are finally delivered. So um, it really it's one of those where you make a mistake maybe once or twice, and then you're like never again. So um, you know it's it's just kind of been a no brainer that um, it it always works out more cleaner, gives better results to our customers and our clients to deliver projects on time, you know, at the expected budget, you not have any, um, you know, unforecasted spending or misses that weren't accounted um, because, you know, just like I try and be the expert in my space you guys are the experts in your space so really rely on experts like you guys to make sure that we're not we're not missing anything we're not uh, forgetting to account for any unexpected expenses or or gotchas that we may have um, and you know they always come up here and there but more often than not we're able to avoid those when working with uh, Highly qualified integrator like you guys.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, Steve, what I've learned, and Jimmy, you probably experienced this from your UPS days, but I've never been in the 3PLC, never been in that, in that role before. When you, you know, you being in charge of implementation, being there for go live, being responsible for making systems work, right? There is so much more going on than people realize. I mean, I've seen you in situations where you know, you're the guy and there's 15 different fires going on. And if you were to add on all of the, you know, whatever it may be, conveyance, technology, sortation, the, the controls, the, the execution system, whatever it may be, it's just that you've got a lot on your plate that you already have to manage. So anything that you can, I don't want to say pawn off, but partner with, right, in a trusted partner to bring together a solution that's just one less headache for you, it seems like from what I've learned from you, there's value in that. And you understand that there's additional cost at times for that service, but it seems to have paid for itself over the years. And just allowing you to have those successful implementations and and uh, um, projects, right? So um, I had, Jimmy, I had one more question, completely unscripted, but just <laughs> made me think about it. Um, Go for it. Steve, you know I know that Radio has invested in technology over the years, and I think we we are seeing a a trend where 3PLs are more technology forward. And I think it's brought forward, and we preach this, but you've lived it: the importance of just good, robust software. So, from your point of view, just just talk through the importance of software in the dish. Doesn't have to be super critical or technical or detailed, but just. High level, the importance of software and running a successful distribution center.
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of always learn computers aren't aren't that intelligent. Of course, now they're kind of getting to be intelligent with this all this AI, uh, but they'll they'll do what you tell them to do. Um, it's kind of always what I've uh, preached and and learned. So, um, you know, when you introduce different automation and robotics. Um, They're only as intelligent as the software behind it. And, um, you know, in the 3PL industry, being flexible with that software is definitely an incredibly uh, critical component because, um, you know, things move very fast and sometimes it's our requirements that are moving very fast and ever changing. So, we need to have something that's very configurable that you can adjust parameters and logic in the software to get to what what's needed and you know as things like sla or different kpis change for our customers or for our business um you know we need to have software that can definitely keep up with those you know ever-changing requirements so definitely have had plenty of experiences where you work with you know awesome hardware that can do really cool things you see a demo and can do you know everything except make you lunch um but then you know when you gotta get all these different systems to talk to one another uh becomes a whole different animal and definitely a big challenge so um you know if you If you can't make it function reliably and and do what you need it to do, then the value really isn't there and will throw off your, you know, your assumptions and your ROI and um, really make a lot of problems where, um, you know, automation may not make things easier. It may make it a lot harder.
3: Yeah. No, I think that was well said. I mean, I, I'll, I'll shut up after this because I've been awkward some maritime here, but I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, I think you said it really well that the hardware is only as good as the software that's driving it. Right. And as you're running these DCs and you're running a million different miles an hour, as you try to introduce various different technologies to solve different problems under the same roof, is when I think you can really see problems presented if you don't have an overarching software that can communicate and talk with those different components. So it's just a lesson, not kind of a lesson, it's just a, we, we've, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, we've talked about this on blogs, but just understand the importance and the, and the role that software plays in any distribution center, and don't minimize um, the impact of having a holistic software architecture to solve all those different technical aspects versus you know, you can't just get one good technology with really good software and everything else lacking and expect it to pick up the slack, right? So just agreed with you. But Jimmy, I'll turn it over to you. I know you have some questions.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I want I wanted to hit on some because I think we share. Uh, I, I spent 12 years in the 3PL environment. So 12 of my 17 years at UPS were there. And if you've, if you've not stepped into that, you don't understand just the uh, it's a major portion of the scope, but you're responsible for operations and helping getting the training set up. And usually a new operations or management team, when you're opening new, new locations and uh, campus is a little different when you can pull from existing employees, but you got the people challenge and the operational challenge of getting people trained up and always, I always likened it to like you go buy a new car, right? You got to teach them how to drive the car. And at some point they got to drive the car themselves and, It's not quite that easy to teach operations how to drive a car sometimes. And then the one that was always our biggest hurdle was the internal and IT side of just the ability to bring that group to the table. And then not to mention, you've got the physical side of what you would typically entrust, either do direct or entrust to a systems integrator. And it just it makes for a challenge. And we I've always done the visual of just you got a bubble when you go live in a new new operation. And this bubble just kind of sits. It's a problem bubble. And sometimes you just kind of push it through the operation till you get all the bubbles out and the big bubbles out. But you just spend your time firefighting. You spend every day. It, It takes time to get that implementation J curve up. And no matter how good or talented you are, it's just there's a lot of balls you're juggling and Steve and team to do that and to do it across 4 million square feet and to do it across some of the pop up sites that I know you all did. And, And just really had a lot of success um, bringing on new customers, kind of starting small, gaining their trust, and then going bigger with them and selling them into a longer term system and contract. I think Radio did it as well as anybody um, over the last three to four years. And I think most of that has to go back to the team that you surrounded yourself with and were part of, because ultimately that's. That was pretty impressive to watch. I would hear sometimes what you are doing. I'm like, man, I'm glad that's him. And all I got to do is put some conveyor in right now. And instead of bring on the temp workforce to pop them up and get up and going and uh, especially in ecom e-com world. So just, just some background and flavor, but I've walked in those shoes. I call it being a concrete walker. I stole it from a guy. I use that reference several times. Steve is that we had a, we had a guy tell us, I asked him something on the floor when we were, working a project. And he said, man, I don't, you're going to have to ask the carpet walkers that question. He said, I'm just an old concrete Walker. (laughs) And I just thought it would, it painted a good visual for me. And it's like, I've, that's where I enjoyed. I I enjoy right in the middle of the delivery. And uh, you said a couple of things that I think people, you know, this isn't all about promoting us, but at the end of the day we got a business and I think you're on here because you respect what we do. We certainly respect you. And I think an integrator, a lot of times there's, There's a, there's costs that you won't know that you had when you have an integrator until you don't have one or you don't have, it doesn't have to be Zion. It doesn't have to be an integrator, but a trusted partner of there. There's things that we learn, we see, and you work through no matter what project or how good you plan, something's changing. You're going to have a, you're going to have a challenge you got to overcome. And so we see that. And so a lot of those challenges, we get multiple at bats because we do it every day. We, we build systems every day for multiple different customers. And we we know how to navigate and kind of guide people through some of those challenges. Uh, and then sometimes our voice, I don't know why this is. My wife can tell my kids something and I can tell my kids something and it's two different outcomes. And, you know, if dad has to say it, boy, it's, they just, they, they stiffen up and they listen. My wife can just say it. And I think sometimes it's, it's like that, like, we do a lot of systems. So our partners are more likely or sometimes just by human nature to, when we call, make the phone call, that's just a trusted partner. That's got your best interest in mind. And we can have a conversation that maybe an end user can have, um, or it's different. You build one house, how much influence are you going to have over the guy framing your house or pouring your concrete versus you're a general contractor, which is essentially what we are. And now if that concrete guy messes, a customer up and they mess two customers up. I'm going to find a new concrete guy. And I I just think there's some there's some hard to quantify um advantages and and savings in terms of having that partner. And I'm not advocating that you have to have. I wouldn't be doing the company that we do without if I didn't think there was value and we couldn't help customers and we certainly never step in where where we think we can't help customers, but we feel like we can help. We had a little software, one of, one of the last projects at, at the other company we did, we had a little software that we got through and there was always this debate of what value did we add in the software. And I don't care I'll, till I die, I'll go down saying software is, the ability to have good software is the ability to put in the functionality and take the time to document it, put it on paper and say what you're going to do and make sure you test it and walk through that process. And it's just, it's it's not fun. Not everybody loves it. But you need somebody that that can help guide that process, and because um, it's just not something you can touch; it's not tangible. So I'm off my soapbox now. But what's that? You you've lived the space, like what? You don't bring four million square feet online without some challenges, and I'm sure you've had had your share of challenges and and overseen them. But
1: it's good yeah. to have somebody
0: there got your back. It's good to have somebody there it's rolling in the same direction you can trust and say go fix it and then they pick the phone up and they call you back that's what we try to do so
2: totally yeah and i think you know it it really really helps to have someone that is willing to take the time and understand you know your business and what's important to you and and you know have an idea of what will work and what won't work and you know, when you're suggesting ideas for automation and different projects. Um, definitely one of the reasons why I've enjoyed working with you guys, especially Jordan, you know, as we worked together quite a bit on designing different, you know, material handling systems. Uh there were certain things that Jordan knew, well, you know, I, I can't bring this to Steve. He's not going to like it. He's going to think it's stupid or, or you know, <laughs> um, you know he's going to say that costs too much or different things. So um, definitely having people that have a good flavor for your business and what's important to you and um, all of those things and a, and a true partner that is even willing to say, you know, maybe this idea you came up with is over engineering it and we could cut out some things and save some money you know that's where you you really know you have a great partner when they're willing to you know uh suggest things that help save you money and you know put less money in their pocket at the end of the day so um there's been plenty of experiences that we've had uh just like that where um you know we wouldn't have thought of a certain way to to solve a problem or a challenge uh, without working with an integrator and it's yielded millions of dollars. Um, and like you said, just the some of the relationships with different distributors and different companies through like the cur- procurement process, there's been opportunities to leverage, um, you know, lots of cost savings, look at used equipment. Um, you know, we've had to do that plenty of times to meet some challenging deadlines where you know through the the thick of the pandemic and covid you know manufacturing lead times were just crazy and we'll be lucky to get any client that wants to wait you know longer than 10 weeks to go live so uh you know waiting 25 weeks for parts for a shipping sorter just is not going to cut it for us so um you know relying on you guys to lean on some of the the distributors and get them to, you know, improve deadlines, improve timelines for materials and, um, you know, drive better pricing is is something that, you know, we've seen a lot of benefit in, uh, in addition to just knowing our business well. and, And like you said, documenting requirements and, everything for software is a huge challenge. So um, it's something that in my experience, you can always use an extra set of eyes when you're looking at software requirements. Uh, You know, you get to a point where you got to, 50 or 60 page document and by the time you get to the end of it you're just like man i just want to be done reading this thing so you know (laughs) sometimes you need someone else to another set of eyes to look at it and make sure you don't miss anything and you know someone may read a description of a problem or an operation a little bit different than than you do and at the end of the day it's all about how someone the person reading it that's going to develop the software understands it if if they understand it a little bit different than you then what you're going to get is not what what you asked for um, and what you thought you were getting so it's definitely I think you know the most critical aspects are just making sure that the communication and expectations are are out there and everybody's aligned on those you know like the what's included, the cost of the project, the timeline when everything's going to be done and all the deliverables. Um and if if you can align on all the communication for those three things, then you know that you won't be disappointed and you'll you'll know what to expect and then you can rely on good people to deliver.
0: Awesome. I think I'm gonna do a little rapid fire questions at you we'll just we'll hit you with them and you come back just a quick one minute response or whatever we'll just see how this works it may we may have to edit this out because i don't know what i've ever done this steve you're you're the guinea pig for this but cool jacob tells me he gets in a little private chat and he tells me it's like all right wrap it up we, we try <laughs> to stay in it nobody wants to listen to this longer than 30 45 minutes so um uh, Let's start because I think these I think some 3PL stuff and I want to focus on it. And you got some news you you may want to share, may not want to share it towards the end of this. But from a 3PL business model, just in how have you seen a change over the last five years?
2: Uh, There's just been a tremendous amount of growth. Um, So, you know, with that, customers have gotten a lot more demanding as well. You know, we kind of call it the Amazon effect, but everybody's looking for their packages delivered sooner. So, you know, SLAs and, and things for us have gotten more and more challenging to deliver in a timely manner. Um, all sorts of challenges with, you know, they say you can't, can't build the church for Easter Sunday, as we kind of say it a lot of times. Um, but, you know, when you're looking at these massive peaks and volume spikes, um, and trying to get the volume out in a short time period, it's definitely been a big challenge. A lot of customers are asking for automation and sometimes they're asking for automation just to automate. Um, They might not really need it, um, but they may see all these different cool things out there in the industry and and they may just say, I want it, I want robots. I don't care if I need them or not. I just, I want to have them. So, um, and then of course the labor costs going up has made automation a lot more justifiable in recent sure. years. So
0: Cool. I would agree with all those. So when you're, when you're talking, you're, you're, you work in a 3PL. Um, you've been in this industry most of your career, of all, almost all of your career, but what advice would you have for a customer that's really trying to decide should I use a 3PL? Should I outsource? What's the, what's the two, three, four, five advantages you'd rapid fire off of? Why, why use a 3PL?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just the ability to scale the business. Um, as your business grows, it can be challenging to keep up with with the high high demand growth and and fast pace. Um, but that's where. You know, 3PLs are really experts at that. Um, lots of different ways to help keep up with that pace of growth. And and that would be the, probably the number one reason. Um, but I think the biggest thing I would say is to, you know, trust the experts. Just like, I, you know, there's different areas where I trust experts in. You know, you got to definitely do your due diligence to find the right Partner, but um, once you can kind of communicate and outline what are the important, you know, KPIs of your business and and what your needs are, and and get those out there, um, find the right partner for you and and trust them to run your business. Um, sometimes you don't need to get into the weeds of of how it happens, uh, but you know, let the results speak for themselves and. And, you know, try and assess your partners on different KPIs, but not necessarily how it's it's being done. Um, and then finally, I would say, you know, don't automate just to automate um, with, you know, the on the robot front. Um, there's plenty of cases where it, automation is needed, but there's definitely plenty of cases where, low automation or no automation is needed um, to achieve, you know, what what is required for someone's business. Um, So if the ROI is not there, um, it doesn't make sense to overspend. And uh, so a lot of times you're just introducing more complexity to your business than you
0: need to. Sweet. So scale, expertise and the right solution. Those are, yeah. those are reasons that people come and, and 3PLs do. I, I think you all do. Certainly the industry, that's, that's, that's why they're there and um, you all, you all do it really well. And then um, you already said this a little bit, but I'm going to give you another one on it is just what critical prod. Let me start back. <laughs> You've said project delivery implementation wise in your view, what's the three to five items that equals success. So what's most critical to a successful project from a from an implementation standpoint?
2: Yeah, I think it's just aligning on the, the requirements, what's going to be delivered. The timeline is always very important in our industry and the costs, you know, what's in and out of scope. And if you can get that well documented and align on the communication of, of that. Um, again, that's where expectations are going to be aligned. And that's, you know, I want to see what, what you are, are expecting be the same thing so that we're achieving success together.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Jordan, you want to ask any more or we're kind of around in the corner. You got any, you got anything else we want to ask?
3: No, I I mean, I I think one outro
0: question, we call it. Yeah, yeah,
3: I'll let you I'll let you go with that. I think I know what the answer is already, but we'll I'll I'll let you go with that. (laughs) But uh, no, I'll just I'll just get my piece out so we can we can wrap things up. And Steve, always good talking to you. Um, You got Travis Matthew shirt on? Oh, yeah. We're not a golfer. What are we doing with the golf? I got distracted. We going to get into the golf game now? I got this at a a golf tournament. Oh, that's right. You played a little scramble, didn't you?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready to start playing? We need to go out and play 18 holes, play the ball down, play your own yeah. shot.
2: Yeah. I'm right. well, good. I'll have to yeah. make it down to Kentucky there
3: for the
2: golf outing.
3: Yeah. I mentioned that <laughs> earlier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, sorry, I got distracted. That kind of happens. But, you know, it's just like I said, it's too, you and I have had a good relationship for a while now. And, um, but no, good, good seeing you. Good talking to you. Thanks for doing this with us. I got to call you after this, anyways. But, Good talking to you on the podcast jimmy i'll turn it over to you
0: yeah i'll ask you the last question i'll just i'll echo it's like steve we've we've i think our relationship has has grown over the years and just really appreciated you and just thank you we we try to work with good people we try to have good partners we try to help good customers and you certainly would would fit in all three of those categories for us and just really appreciate you for you for you for that and uh just yeah. So, so thank you for that. Um, my last question or, or the last question, and you can give us final thoughts if you got it is which Philly sports team has the best chance of winning a championship next, if any,
2: if any, come on, <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's right now that's kind of a tough one because the the Philadelphia Phillies are on a, a good tear here. Um, And as much as I want to say them, but uh, I'm going to have to go with my Philadelphia Eagles, of course. Uh, That's probably what Jordan was expecting. Um, (laughs) Definitely very excited for the football season coming up. You'll be sure to catch me at a few games. Um, But, yeah, the team they got with Jalen Hurts and, you know, great offense, great defense, just so fun to watch. So, um, definitely, I'm all in on the on the birds this year.
3: Birds. I was Hoping they it's did crazy. it last year. I'm not. They, a, they did good last team. year. Huh. No, no, I'm not a Chiefs fan either. Yeah, yeah, not at I'm all. But fan. um, I was gonna say it's crazy with the Phillies. How good? I mean, they're they're what 10, 11 games behind, but only because the Braves are ridiculously good this year. Are you? Are the Phillies sitting in the wild card spot? They got that locked up? Yeah, they, yeah they're in the lead yeah. right now for the wild card. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping the Reds – we we were getting close last year where we were thinking we might have a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl, which would have been awesome, but <laughs> it didn't happen. It's a sore subject. But anyways, that was my guess. It was the Eagles. I felt pretty confident in that.
2: Yeah, there's always this year.
3: That's, That's right. right. Steve, love Steve thank party. you.
0: Thank you again. Is there any last – Words, any news you want to share, anything you got before we sign off?
2: Uh yeah, sure. Um, so i'm I've uh been blessed to have a new opportunity uh over at Cart.com. So gonna be hooking up with our our good friend Joe Barth, and I'll be moving over there to lead their implementations engineering team. So very excited for that. Um awesome. but, uh, look forward to you know working with you guys together again over there at cart.com and uh definitely thankful for all of our time uh at radio and and that we've had in the past and just want to keep uh, the the great relationship you know personal and professional going so it's been awesome talking to you guys and i got my uh i, I forgot to show them i got my zion Socks on. Got Got them on. on, Heck yeah! We couldn't hardly see it. You're gonna have to bring the whole foot up or
0: something. Take a picture or something. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. I'll get that. I'll get a better shot in. A little hard to get my feet on camera, but
0: yeah. (laughs) We like to have fun with that. We we sent several pairs of socks out, and I don't think it's. I don't think it could go viral, but we sent socks out. So some people probably are like, "Well, eh, whatever, but a lot of people have fun with them and we thought it was a fun idea. I'll have to Definitely. tell you the story of how we came up with the Zion logo sometime. I hadn't shared any of that with you. I don't think just, I put a poor soul through a long process to come up with the Zion logo.
2: Oh, no. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he should have
0: know. like some of the
2: iterations framed behind you. I'm sure there's right. probably too many yeah. to, to get up there
0: yeah well appreciate you enjoyed talking to you wish you the best of luck and uh thanks for sending some time so
2: yeah thanks a lot appreciate you later
3: see ya